1: But if you want more out of life, there is another way. What if there was a way you didn't know about? Whether you're lacking momentum in your business, getting the same results year in, year out, you don't have a supportive environment, people aren't encouraging you to live your dream, or you're tired of not living into your gifts, you're doing something that's unfulfilling, but you want a life that excites you, I know I can help. All you have to do is get on a call with somebody from my team that's going to help you understand the strategies and tactics of success. Go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and we're going to help you rock your money and your life. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and let's get started today. Hey, welcome back to another session of the I Am Movement podcast. My next guest is a personal friend. He's part of one of my mastermind groups, and he's also a very decorated, if you could say that dentist. He graduated from dentistry at the age of 19, check that out, pretty cool. And after completing his residency in advanced education in general dentistry, also at NYU, he joined the Navy, completed a tour of duty as a Lieutenant in the Dental Corps and the National Defense Service Medal. He's been written up in the military major magazines as the poster boy for recruitment due to his nonprofit Homeless But Not Toothless initiatives, where he provided free dental care to over 60,000, that's right, 60,000 veterans and children. He's because of that received letters of commendation from President Obama, secretary of the Navy and numerous Congress members. Since 1991, he started his own practice out of California. He's got over 13,000 patients, and he's just an all-around fantastic human being. He's interested in personal development. He understands the psychology, and dentistry is just one of the platforms where he's able to give back to the world. So I'm I'm excited for you to join me in this fascinating conversation I've had with Dr. J.S. Grossman. So let's go to it right away. I hope you enjoy it. So, Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rock. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to have you here because we talked a little bit before we got started on some of the things that uh, affected your identity and how you've grown through them. And you had a few programmers in high school. One of them maybe not so good, and another one maybe a little bit better. So why don't we jump right into that and tell us a little bit about how that affected you.
0: Sure. I was, uh, I believe it was 10th grade. I was in an English class. And, um, 10th grade for me was my first year of high school. I'm not sure why, but in Long Island, um, high school was only three years. So I'm a freshman. And um, I knew that I wanted to um, be a medical professional. I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor. And I was also clear that it was very important to have good grades. So while the teacher started reading a book out loud and we all went around the classroom, everybody read a paragraph or something, um, um, I I wanted to participate and then she asked a question she says what do you think the author is trying to tell us in in this section of 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 her book and I raised my hand I wanted to participate and I gave what was the literal translation of the words in the book well apparently the teacher thought that the author was being facetious which would mean my answer was wrong (laughs) and she turned to me in front of 30 of my brand new colleagues and said, Grossman, you will never amount to anything. Wow. Rock, man, I, I, I felt like I got That's... punched in the face w- without even knowing I was in a fight.
1: Yeah, totally, I get it, I get it. And these are what we call triple E's, extreme emotional events that, that can scar us for the rest of our life. Right, and,
0: and I remember I was sitting there and, and like the world was caving in on me and I'm saying, what just happened? <laughs> wait, wait a second. I was, I was, I was doing good. I'm participating. I'm yeah. yeah. And then of course, 30 of my classmates start to laugh. So now I'm humiliated and embarrassed and in shock and still unsure as to what happened. So, uh, yeah, that was that was devastating. I I, I think of that moment, um, if not every day, certainly several times a week.
1: So isn't it fascinating that one event, in one situation, and in your case, you were taking action. Some people are like, hey, sit up straight, pay attention, uh, but you were actually getting involved and this teacher had obviously a lack of training on how to inspire, motivate, and compel people could say, Oh, that was, that's a great perspective. I never thought of that. There's another one that you may want to consider is this one, and that would be Socratic education, right? So I'm, I'm willing to bet though, that this event drove you to part of your success. Yes. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about how that played out for you. Okay. It's the next year. I'm
0: in social studies class. Boy, high school, I'll tell you. <laughs> and um, and we, we get, we're getting our tests back, and I take a look, and the top of my test, it says 88. And uh, he hands out the, the tests, and he goes, class dismissed early, everybody except Grossman. And I'm like, really? What, what? <laughs> oh, fine. He goes, in my office. Now, Rock, when I say his office, I don't think his office was bigger than five foot by five foot. I think it was a converted closet. So he had to squeeze around the desk and I don't even know if there was room for a chair for me to sit in. And he lights his pipe. If that tells you how, how old I am. (laughs) so Smoking in the school in a five by five with a student. Perfect. And um, and as he's puffing his pipe, I mean, I just remember, you know, he's going puffing. So he goes, you know, I was thinking about failing you on this test. And I said, failing me? I said, I didn't cheat. He said, I didn't say you did, but you didn't study either. And Rock, when he said that, I felt the blood drain from my face. I knew that I actually already showed my cards, that I was nailed, he knew I didn't study, and the only thing I could think of is, how did you know? Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I wanted to know was so that I could scheme around it and and next not time. get right next slide so he takes his his grade book um obviously before computers turns it around he says find your name and he says take a look in the first column what do you see and i see next to my name it says 88 take a look in the second column what do you see 88. he says the first column is the grade i anticipated you getting based on your participation in class. Wow. The second grade was your actual test grade. So of course I started saying, well, I'm participating too much in class. I'm trying to find a way to work around it. Right. And he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a dentist. And he says, do you think that grade is enough to get you into medical school? And, Rock, it was the first time that question's been asked to me. I, I, I never thought about that before. It's a great question. He said, let's right. find out. He, take, he takes the yellow pages, for those of you who are listening to this. That's a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> and he tosses it to me, and he says, let's call a dentist. So I go to My dentist, God. and there is a full-page ad for Dr. Charlie Pilar. And he was a pediatric dentist, meaning he only worked on on um, on children. And I gave him a call and Marjorie answers the phone. And I said, Marjorie, my name is Jake Rosen. I'm at the high school down the street. Um, I'm here with my social studies teacher. He wants to speak with the doctor. Um, does he have a quick second? And she goes, let me check. And he gets on the phone. And he goes, uh, uh, Dr. Pilar, my name is uh, Mr. Boss. Isn't that a great name, Boss? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Boss. Um, I have potentially a valedictorian standing in front of me. So, of course, I turn around. I'm looking to see who else is in this tiny little closet. And he says he wants to be a dentist. And we have this new program in the school where we take our top achieving students and we loan them out to you for a half a day or a full day a week. They'll get credit for going to you. And this would be an, a, a, an opportunity for you to actually help contribute to the next generation of, of doctors. Um, I like this guy. It would, it would also be a huge help to us in terms of really helping motivate these students achieve even higher than what they're achieving. Now, he's actually doing quite well, but he has, he has the ability to hit it out of the park. Would you consider helping us out? And he said, absolutely. So then he gets off the phone, and I'm in shock right now, okay? I mean, look at the dichotomy of the way these two teachers teach. And he gets on the phone and he calls the principal of the school. And um, he said, um, don't remember the principal's name, he said, I have an idea for a new class. And right then and there, he enrolled the principal in an externship program. And I was the first student that went. he started the program before he had permission from the principal of the school.
1: I love so, it. I mean, that's leadership, right? And, and leadership. That's, let's, un, sorry, let's unpack that for a, a little bit because I think there's some, some valuable stuff there is, you know, a lot of the work I do is around identity. The power of your identity is the way you see yourself, the way you think other people expect you to show up. Yeah. And, what he did was he created very, very elegantly an identity for you to be a top achiever. In front of this other guy who has the experience, who's one of the top people, a full page ad, he says, here, I've got this stellar, shining student, but if he could hang around you, he could even become more and better. How hard, How? that's so difficult for your soul and for your character to, to pass on, would you agree?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, I was I was stoked, I was yeah. motivated, I was excited, I was thrilled, I I, I was lit up, I was lit up. Now, and, and it's not surprising. I'm thinking about how many people I have mentored since then, and and it only just recently came to me in this conversation of how it's it's a pay it forward conversation for me. Um, I, I I've estimated that I've had over a thousand people that I've mentored, and wow. and. When when people ask me, say you know, why do you do that? I don't know if I actually had an answer until we just had this dialogue. So thank you for that. That was a contribution to me, Rob.
1: Well, that's great. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that that mentorship does is it it fuels both parties because the dentist in this case he's got to make sure he's on point. His game is sharp because he doesn't want to you know look bad. But I think what also happened if we contrast the two stories you gave us is the first story was you're not enough and we don't really value you and we don't even see you and we don't wanna see you. You'll never amount to much. Yeah. And the other one was, I see you, there you are. And I see your greatness and I'm gonna contribute to challenging you to be the best version of yourself. And if there's more people like that on the planet, it's what some people call tough love But I think that parents that raise their children properly don't just give them the easy path. They challenge them to be great. And mentors are so crucial for that. Now, you went on to mentor so many people. Tell me a little bit about about that and what that's like for you. There was something about
0: the first time I was asked to teach. Um, I'm from New York originally if my accent didn't come out. And um, while I was in the dorms of NYU, I met a girl, and uh, that girl and I are going on our 32nd anniversary, and she's from uh, L.A. So we moved out here to meet her folks, and I just fell in love with the weather and her family and um, um, moved out here with a a wife, a six-week-old baby, and no no, um, active medical license in California. So while we were um, unpacking and moving into my in-laws' house, I decided that um, I needed a job and I needed insurance and I needed, you know, food for food and diapers and so forth. So I fulfilled another one of my um, lifelong fantasies and I enlisted in the military. Um, I I always was I was always moved by the uniform, by what I thought it would be like to serve. To be of service and, um, and to give back to really an extraordinary country that's given some great opportunities, I came from from you know close to what people would call poverty um, and, and what was interesting was that my, my parents made that a choice um, in that my mother was a stay-at-home mother. She, she, she chose to raise us as opposed to having a job and having you know a housekeeper raise us. And my father chose a job that didn't necessarily pay great, but had no travel and was literally a few minutes from the house. And for him, and, and, and it's interesting because I didn't find this out about him until just months before he passed away, that he chose a job that enabled him to be a father. And the the amount of money that he made was was inconsequential to him. So I didn't know that growing up. I just thought, you know, okay, my father was not ambitious, but, you know, I had a dialogue with him and, and, and he said, no, I, I chose to be a father first. And it totally changed my concept and what I knew for you know, 50 some odd years of him. And it was wonderful because when he, when he passed away, I had a whole different way to hold him in my, in my heart and my mind. Um, and after I, after I enlisted in the, in the military, I did one tour of duty as a dentist in, in the United States Navy. And then I obviously passed my boards while I was active duty. And then I opened my, my, my office in West Los Angeles. Um, I, I very quickly um, became good at marketing and building a practice, and started having some 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 large financial successes. And one of the deans at UCLA heard about me and invited me on staff. So I was, you know, in my mid to late twenties when I went on staff at, at UCLA, and here I am, not much older than the students but they're coming to me looking for advice and coaching and mentorship. And, you know, the next thing I know, I I think I just completed my 28th year. So I've, I've probably mentored, you know, a few hundred students a year times 29 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's been huge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's really great. It's remarkable. So when you say you came from poverty um, and now you obviously have great success, you live in Malibu, We. For those of you that are looking and seeing the video on this, you've got an incredible sanctuary behind you. Um, how did you make that transition? And what were some of the elements that were important to you to get to the place you are today? Yeah,
0: so I'm actually glad you asked that question. And I'm also glad I, I talked about my father a second ago because this was one of those other transformational moments. The story that I had about my father that I held as the truth Mm -hmm. was that he was non-motivated, non-aggressive, non-assertive, scared, and I didn't want that. My parents also um, fought a lot. Um, Loud words, yelling, shouting, you know, angry words. and, And my story about that was that my mother wanted my dad to make more money and have more things and my father was not responsive or not compliant and said i'm i'm happy with where we're at so i made that mean that if you make money there will be no fighting now i had this serial entrepreneurial spirit i everything from you know when i was in high school where i was um, delivering newspapers and then making a few hundred dollars a week, which was, you know, more money than, than I think my father was making at the time to, um, getting involved in, in, in multiple, multiple businesses. And I felt that, you know, I went by the, by the Babe Ruth, you know, you know, idiom that, you know, he had a, a unbelievable batting record in large part because he got up to the plate more times than most people. And he certainly knew how to swing. So, you know, to me, it was like, great, let me see what else that I can do. And when I take a look now, you know, I have, I have about a dozen tax returns that I file each year. So, you know, I, I've, I've developed this entrepreneurial spirit and, and, and at an early age started looking at mentors to coach me in what it was like to build multiple streams of revenue, um, and, and truthfully, I'm actually grateful that I did that, especially now that I've been home for a month mm-hmm. and I'll have my practice closed for another month. And not only am I not overly worried about paying my, my debts and, and the mortgage, but I've kept 21 people on payroll. And, and I am clear how that is going to build more loyalty and and more love for working for my businesses, because these people who are living like my parents did paycheck by paycheck are not worried about putting food on the table.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. That's really great. Um, Have you done landmark, by the way? I have. Yeah, I can hear it in your language. So I just want to point out for some people that maybe didn't catch some of the beautiful things you said is that you know, you refer to the story you have in your mind, which we, we all have a story we create. And then the meaning you attached, which was beautiful, is actually an empowering meaning, is the meaning you gave that you looked at that situation, your parents fighting um, with a lack of money. And whether that was true or not didn't really matter. You chose that meaning. And then you chose to go, okay, how do I not recreate that? And then you went out to create wealth. And now you're using that position of wealth through the acquisition of being entrepreneurial to support people that were in the situation that your parents were in. And you're again, probably averting situations where those people would be fighting at home due to a lack of money. You see how that comes full circle? Yeah, I do. That's pretty, pretty beautiful. Yeah. So I, I honor you for doing the work on you. Because a lot of people don't do that work, and they they just don't have the perception to make the decisions you're making and the wisdom to create the abundance of wealth and then to be in a position when times are difficult like now um, to make a difference and to be a force for good so um, so that's beautiful and that that's amazing and it's and it's it's proliferated throughout your whole career everything you've done so now that you are at this stage of your life, what are some of the things that are most important to you going forward?
0: Yeah, great question. So one of the things that I looked at when, when we realized that we were gonna be shutting down, and this is something that I've, I've started a conversation um, on, a, on a regular basis with my entire staff, is I said, you know, this, this coronavirus will end, and we will be back to whatever the new norm is. The question that I'm asking you, my staff, and for those that are listening is, What is it that we wanna tell people we accomplished? What was it that we did? Who was it that we were being during those times when we had to stay at home? So I started by sharing, here's what my commitment is. My commitment is to um, stick with my routines, which are um, the miracle morning. Um, I'm a big fan of Hal Elrod. Um, I follow his um, Miracle Morning um, every single day, which includes um, meditating, exercising, um, and, and giving gratitude. Um, and, and I still wake up, you know, between 5.30 and 6.30 every day, even though I've got no place to go. But, you know, when, when it came time, you know, even to be on this podcast, you know, I, I've already done my routine. I've been up for hours and I feel great. I'm also committed to reading one book a week during the the COVID crisis. I'm also um, committed to speaking to my staff, every single staff person, at least every two weeks and having an intimate conversation to make sure that they are doing well and their family's doing well. And I'm committed also to generating a certain amount of money through my other income streams and, and building them up so that you know, the pot will run over and I can continue to take care of, you know, my family and my staff.
1: So you have taken everything you've learned and you've been able to recreate this, this flow of energy going forward. And I love how you use the word commitment. You say, my commitment is this, my commitment is that. What is your definition of commitment? Commitment is very
0: simple. It's it's making a statement that is empowering, that benefits my, myself and society, and being my word, doing what I say when I say I'm going to do it. That's commitment.
1: Beautiful. And in the, in the notes before we got on, you you say, I am contribution. What does that mean to you to have that kind of an identity?
0: Right. Contribution to me is ultimately why I believe we're all on this planet. And and the shame is not everybody knows that so it's podcasts like yours rock that 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 i think is is really contributing to that um, and it's one of the reasons that i joined you know go which is where you know you and i met on the on the on the bus ride you know home to the or to, from from the, the center where we were skiing to uh, to the airport um, you know, no coincidence there, we sat next to each other on the bus ride, you know, I learned about you and Go and, and GoBundance for me was an opportunity for me to get coaching and mentorship, for me to expand bigger than I am. And it's one of the things that I realized I was missing in my life. I, I love contributing to others, and I'm also a demand to be contributed to.
1: Yeah. Well, you're, you're a student of life still. At this stage of yeah. your life, you're curious and you're interested and you're open. How important is it being by um, by intentionally surrounding yourself with people that are that are interested in high-minded conversations?
0: Oh, it's 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 essential. It's 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 the oxygen in the room. If I am not around people that are motivating me to move forward that are not pulling me forward that not a caught that are not causing me to be bigger than I am I, I just don't have the time or the energy for them in my life I mean you know it, it, it this is not a dress rehearsal so you know I'm, I'm turning 57 you know you know, hopefully I got a few decades left to make a difference uh, you know why, why
1: would I want to waste that yes yes 100% all right so as we're rounding this up um, favorite book?
0: <laughs> I have got a list that is so darn long. Um, ultimately, you know, one of the first books was um, Think and Grow Rich. You know, it's it's you know I'm sure that comes up for for most people. But you know, I, I've got hundreds that I've read, and again, I'm I'm committed to reading one a week right now. And 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 Think and Grow Rich for me is still one of one of my favorites.
1: All right, I'll let you add two more seeing as you're a huge, huge reading buff. (laughs)
0: Um, You know, Tony Robbins wrote a book a few years ago called Master the Money. Boy, I, I thought it was one of his best works of art and it really helped me redefine my investment strategies and has saved my butt, especially with this last downturn that we had a few weeks ago. So I would stick with those two. Those two are, are at the top of my list.
1: Amazing, awesome. Hey Jay, I really want to thank you for coming on the I Am Movement podcast and sharing so vulnerably and candidly. You know your experience. I think it's uh, very profound for people to see these events that can shape them for their entire life, unless they're willing to do the work to make the shifts and choose an alternative filter or or uh, perception for their life. So. I really appreciate you. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the I Am Movement podcast.
0: So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift. So you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy
1: extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.